We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey fam, welcome to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode number 20. We have two lovely guests today, and they are Ali DeVita and Mari Inoue, and they are top vaulting athletes. I am so pumped for this episode because I knew little to nothing prior to prepping for this interview today, as far as vaulting is concerned. One thing I did know about vaulting is how fit vaulters are. I mean, all of the stunts that they have to do, throwing people above their head, it's insane. I give so much credit to vaulters because of all of the physical fitness that is involved in making this discipline happen. So here to talk about their fitness, their story as top vaulters, and their business, Mind Body Vault, please welcome Allie and Mari. Hello. Hey, hey. I'm glad that both of you have had time to come on the podcast today. Where are you both calling in from? We are calling from California, but Allie is up north in the Bay Area in Portola Valley, and I am currently down in Southern California in Venice, coming to you from Venice Beach. Awesome. That sounds pretty ideal. I used to live in Santa Monica and in the Valley, so I miss it out there. (laughs) You are familiar with the area. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I love it. And I think last time we talked, Allie, you were living abroad, right? You were in Europe? Yeah, exactly. I just moved back. I was living in in London, in the UK for two years. So it's nice to be back home finally from that adventure. Amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, let's get to it. We'd love to kind of hear about both of your stories, kind of how you started riding. And I am extremely interested and I am going to be the first to say I do not know a lot about vaulting. So I want you guys Mm -hmm. to give me the lowdown. Allie, if you want to start, I'm kind of just talking about how you started riding and fast forward to where you are today. Some of your biggest accomplishments just kind of want to hear the whole story. Yeah, totally. So (laughs) I guess it started pretty early. I grew up basically loving horses, like most little girls or most people (laughs) probably listening to this podcast. My mom always loved horses and I always had that influence. We didn't have horses for a while. So growing up, it was mostly summer camps and kind of birthday parties and petting them and feeding them whenever I got the chance. And when I was 12, I went to a summer camp and looked over I was just doing like hacking or whatever we were just trotting around and in the arena sort of to the side of us there was vaulting happening and at the time I'd already been kind of doing a little bit of gymnastics and these girls were doing you know standing up on their horses and I came home and I told my mom like mom, why do they get to do super cool stuff with their horses? Like, why can't I do that? And so I went and tried a class and it was like a love at first sight. So, and since I had been doing gymnastics, you know, I already had kind of the coordination and the balance and all that. And oddly enough, they needed someone for their team, like for regionals coming up. And um, long story short, I quit gymnastics and started vaulting and, Uh, it became sort of a a passion from there, really. So kind of continuing on through 
my life. I ended up competing internationally. Um, I've been to multiple world championships and the world equestrian games. And currently now I, I coach. So I coach two Australian girls that ball and I get to travel the world teaching clinics. And then that's basically the gist of how I got started. And I'm sure we'll get more into where I am now with mind body vault and the sort of evolution of all that, but that is my story and how I went from a little girl loving horses to where where we are now, where I am today. Amazing. Yeah. So how did how did you get to the point where you were riding at the original barn that you started at to when you um, decided to take that like next step to start going to bigger shows and then showing internationally? What did that look like for you? Yeah. So the program that I was in, it was sort of it was actually pretty quick for me a lot of vaulters start quite young. Like in Germany, they actually have most of their riding programs. The children learn to vault first because they can learn that connection. And the adult is sort of helping to train the horse. And it's a great way for kids to just build confidence around horses. And so since I started as a 12-year-old, I was actually put onto their A team, it's called, their international team, just a few years into it because if you've ever seen vaulting on the teams they have what's called the flyers so you have teenagers or adults as the the base and then they're lifting up the smaller children and so I I got put into this international team and went to a competition in Germany like two years two years into vaulting so if that answers your question that's crazy. Yeah. So you were like the top of the pyramid for cheerleaders. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. So I, what kind of time commitment and financial commitment does that look like for vaulting? Because my biggest experience is in the hunter jumper world. And how does that compare as far as time and finances? Starting out, they do say that vaulting is one of the cheaper, more affordable sports, just because we, we form vaulting clubs and we essentially share horses. So you would have a team and there would be six vaulters and one horse. So you're all helping to take care of the same horse. So when you're first starting out, the financial commitment is, I'd say, easier than what I've seen in the other disciplines. Mm-hmm. And then it just depends as you get into it. Of course, if you're competing internationally, then the time commitment is huge. I, you know, and Mari can speak to this too, but traveling, you're trying to balance that with school. And a lot of vaulters will end up sort of choosing to go away to college. And that's Mm -hmm. when their career as a vaulter usually ends, unless they really, you know, make a point of finding a school where they can still ride and still vault and be around horses. So that's where you kind of see it separate from those who like really go for it, you know, and continue on with it versus Mm -hmm. those who just do it through high school. Cool. Well, Mari, let's hear a little bit about your story. Yeah. So I kind of started with a background in more, um, just like Allie did a little bit of gymnastics, but I, that was just my only kind of introduction to this sport is just being a gymnast. I never grew up with horses really I never really was around them um we actually fun fact both also were born and raised in Hawaii um 
I was raised on the island of Kauai, so I had a little bit of exposure to horses, but not much. Um, And then I moved to the Bay Area and really got into competitive gymnastics. And my, my, my friend, actually, that I did gymnastics with at the club got introduced to it. And she's the one who brought me up to um, Woodside, a club in Woodside. And that's when I just absolutely fell in love with it. I just, I, I will never forget going to this club and seeing it was two beautiful white horses cantering in a circle and <laughs> seeing people essentially doing gymnastics and dance atop these cantering horses. I was just so amazed and I was just addicted from then on. So I was introduced basically around the same age as Ali as well, around 12 years old to this sport. Um, and then just, yeah, continued. Um, it was, it was just over after I saw that first practice and continued on through the rest of my life. And I, you know, I've competed internationally, um, and nationally and my career kind of culminating in, um, a gold medal at the world equestrian games with the U S team. Awesome. Very cool. And for vaulting, what would you say is the top level of competition for vaulting? Mm-hmm. The top level is probably, I mean, we have different categories. We have team competition. So there's about, you know, seven people on a team at once. We have individual and then we have potted, what they call pot of dew, which is pairs, which is double. Okay. Cool. So we have different categories, but um, the, the top level, what we call, what Ali spoke about earlier is the A team. We have the A team is the top, then you have the B team and then C team. Um, those are kind of the breakdown of the, each categories. Um, and then individually, you have the the gold level, which is the highest. Then you have silver. Then you have bronze. Okay, cool. Sample. Yeah. Awesome. And then what would be like the the like top place as far, you know, like as far as like location or show that would be like, okay, you've arrived if you made it to X. Well, the World Equestrian Games is definitely. Yeah. <laughs> the top of the top. And, um, we all strive to represent the United States at the world equestrian games. Awesome. What was that selection process and preparation involved? What, What did that look like as you guys were preparing for that event? So leading up to it, you have to get certain scores when you're competing against other individuals or team, what category you're competing in. You have to get certain scores when you're competing against them to, uh, and then you get selected if you're the, if you ultimately we go to national competitions. Um, and then you have to also get a couple scores internationally, um, that year. And then they obviously pick the team or the individual or the double that gets the highest score within those competitions that year. Okay. And are there different skills involved if you, let's say, if a vaulter makes a better individual vaulter or part of the um, pairs or team? Um, I, I, like, for some reason, I just thought of, like, tennis, where, like, a certain players are particularly better at doing doubles versus singles. What, what do people look for in a vaulter to be selected for that area of vaulting? Well, it yeah, because there's there they can be very different, but they're also very similar as well as far as the team, the individual, and the um, doubles. Um, individually, you can pretty much you know you're you're kind of your own your motivator, right? And then team wise, you definitely want to have um, you have different strengths for sure. Like you want to have like Ali was pointing out earlier, you have a base. 
someone that can hold up the smaller vaulters is typically the case. Sometimes, though, however, you don't have younger or smaller vaulters on your team, so you have to make do with sometimes you'll have people all the same around the same age, for example. So you have to get creative on, on your routine and how you, you structure it. So you can't sting each other up high, you know, because you're all kind of the same height or the same size. So you can get creative. But usually you want someone a little stronger that can lift up the high, the smaller people up in the air, for example. Right. How to do wise, you know, it's it's that's also can vary in size as far as, you know, if you're lifting up someone smaller than you. And, and they look for, you know, a little bit of a balance, too, in that routine as far as pairs. You don't want just solely someone just throwing someone around the whole entire routine okay. you want to complement each other well so it. just depends yeah yeah very cool I'll have Allie answer this what is like the first maneuver or thing that you learn when you are vaulting <laughs> well if you ask everyone it might be like the first move they remember learning well, it might be something fun, you know, like you get on and you just get used to kind of sitting on the neck or going a little bit further back. Like we use what's called a surcingle and it's much further back. It's almost the, the surcingle goes on the withers and then you can imagine you're sitting behind that. So even just mm-hmm. that feeling can be a bit unusual if you're used to a saddle. Sure. Um, so it might be something fun, but everyone does learn what we call the compulsories and they're going to be a little bit different at each level, but they're basically six or seven movements that are meant to show all of the skills that would be the foundation for great vaulting. So all of them, the, the primary thing is harmony with the horse. So the first one that most people learn is a basic seat. You're, you're sitting there and your toes are pointed, not flexed like they would be in the stirrups. Mm-hmm. And you, you just extend both arms out to the side. So you're showing that you can sit in harmony. You're moving with the horse. Your seat is not, you know, coming up off the pad. And you should have like this stillness in your in your head and your upper body because you're moving with your lower body with the horse and then the compulsory sort of evolved from there I don't know if you want me to go through all of them but there's swinging exercises where you're using like the momentum of the horse to essentially swing to a handstand at the higher levels but the the kids would learn sort of a basic variation of that where maybe you're sitting and you can imagine you you swing your legs back behind you into like a push-up position so I don't know if that helps to paint a picture if that that answers your question yeah definitely so both of you had a gymnastics background if uh like Mari if you are taking on a new client or if someone's going to a barn for the first time wanting to vault do they, does a trainer pretty much say that they need that dancing or gymnastics background prior to starting? Or is there a lot of dancing and uh, gymnastics and cross training work off the horse that is involved in this as well? Yeah. So um, it, it definitely helps to have some sort of background in some dance or gymnastics or anything, you know, with using your body and coordination and balance prior. But you know, it's obvious, it's definitely not required. So many vaulters have come into this sport and been introduced just simply from just being an equestrian lover, a horse, a a Mm -hmm. horse lover a lot of the time. So, um, but, but then once you get into the training of vaulting, yes, to answer your question, we absolutely 
train, do a lot of groundwork with dancing and choreography and um, making sure that where our agility is up to par with, with being able to withstand the movement of the horse and trying to do all these gymnastics movements mm-hmm. while, you know, moving. It's, it's definitely a lot of groundwork before we, and then we hop on a barrel, a stationary barrel, and we train on the stationary barrel for hours and hours and hours on end before wow. we hop on the horse. Yeah. Got so. it. Wow. Well, we'll get, we'll definitely get into more cross training, um, later on in the episode, but would love to chat with both of you about the horse aspect of vaulting. Um, what does the cross training and fitness for the horse look like? Are you guys still taking the time to put a saddle on and to uh, keep the horse fit or what does that look like? What does that look like when you first get a horse who, um, maybe doesn't have vaulting experience and, um, make that transition into having that horse uh, be compatible with vaulting? So for a successful vaulting horse, you should definitely be cross-training them. So at at our barn, we would typically see you would vault maybe two or three times a week on the horse, depending if you were, you know, maybe in pre-season or in competition season. And then most horses, or I can speak to what we do, there's definitely a lot of cross-training with dressage because Mm -hmm. that helps them to sort of build the balance and the agility and then even that core strength and learning the frame that they need to be in is, is quite similar to a dressage frame, like at the canter. So you'll see a lot of that. A lot of vaulters definitely ride their own horses. And then some lunger, a lot of lungers, of course, are very much involved with that cross training as well. So they're doing the groundwork, lunging, and then also in the saddle. And we also like to take our horses on a lot of, well, (laughs) we try to take them on, on trail rides because not only is it great fitness going up and down the hills, but just that mental training, you really want a horse that is totally bomb proof. So that's also when you're choosing a vaulting horse, what you want to look for, like that Labrador personality, just totally trustworthy. So I would say that then to answer your question about training a horse and sort of bringing them from never having vaulted before that, first of all, they need that. No questions asked. So before you'd even put a surcingle on them, you're, you're just testing. Oh, if, if I accidentally, like, if there's a loud sound over here, are they reacting or do they just kind of whatever? You want the whatever horse. Yeah. <laughs> and definitely. then the process of starting vaulting is very slow. So you put the tack on and even that can feel new. What's this big pad and how mm-hmm. do they react to that? If that's all fine and you're sitting and you've got them out on the lunge line, it just starts with maybe a pet way back on their croup or way forward on the ears. And then, oh, can I put a little bit of weight back here mm-hmm. on your hind end? And do they react? And and then from there, maybe it's your leg goes up next to their ear. And so, and then you can just imagine how it evolves from there. You do it all at the walk first and maybe try it at the trot and different horses are going to progress at, at different speeds for sure. You probably need a horse that also has very smooth gates. I'm sure that, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, totally. Like a good vaulting horse, you know, you kind of describe it like this cloud feeling where it's very smooth. And for some of the exercises, like you described, the swinging exercise, we, we describe it like it gives you this lift feeling. So really like mm-hmm. that rocking horse canter. Some vaulters prefer a horse, you know, like if you imagine doing freestyle and you're standing, you don't want a ton of movement. So you do mm-hmm. want it really smooth and and balanced. 
Got it. Very cool. And then Mari, when you are, let's say, looking for horses for yourself or for for other vaulters, uh, let's say, um, where are you doing your horse shopping? Where are you finding? Are, are there certain people in Europe? Are there certain places that um, vaulters tend to gravitate towards to find a good vaulting horse? Yeah. So when we look for a horse, like Ali was just mentioning, just describing kind of the gate we look for in mm-hmm. a horse kind of having that smooth, you know, canner, but then also a little bit of lift as well. So you want a well-rounded, balanced horse that has maybe both in a perfect world. Sure. Um, But, um, and we do have certain people that we do go to um, because we have a good rapport with them and we trust them and we, you know, have bought horses from them, for example, in the States before um, we go there. And then we also do look over in Europe, specifically, um, you know, this sport is huge in Germany. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of fellow vaulters and lungers and riders that we have also built a rapport over the years of competing over there um, and that we trust and that they, you know, train horses themselves and like to transition these horses into a vaulting horse, for example. So we have these relationships overseas and in the States that we kind of have our go-to people that we like to rely on when we when we're looking to buy a new horse got it very cool Hey guys, interrupting you really quick to remind you, my favorite time of the year, Black Friday is fast approaching. Each year I come out with a free online holiday lookbook that goes over all of the big deals in the equestrian industry, as well as staying up to date on the fashion trends. So head over to myequestrianstyle.com slash lookbook to sign up for early access so that as soon as the lookbook comes out, you'll be the first to know. All right, that wasn't so bad, was it? Let's get back to the episode. Well, let's let's go ahead and transition a little bit. I'd love for you guys to tell me a little bit about Mind, Body, and Vault. And uh, Mari, if you want to kind of talk about how both of you transitioned into being these top vaulters and, and riding and training to uh, transitioning into starting Mind, Body, and Vault. Yeah, sure. We um, So Allie and I have known each other for, we were at different clubs, but we've known each other most of our lives and competing against each other. And um, we really just, we gravitated towards each other because we ultimately uh, like to have fun. And um, we just, we've been friends for a while. And then kind of at the end of our competition career, we both kind of were always in each other's peripheral on what we were doing, always kind of checked in randomly with each other throughout the years. And we found ourselves both in the fitness and wellness space. So Allie got certified as a yoga instructor, for example, and I got certified as a personal trainer. We both were always very interested in in wellness and we're both uh, wellness coaches. And so we kind of, we just thought it was just kind of a natural organic thing that happened with us. We just wanted to bring, we noticed that the equestrian world, they weren't really stressing the, the, the fitness and wellness aspect of, of training. So we saw this need in this market and, and we wanted to bring our knowledge to the forefront to all equestrian athletes. And so we, whether, you know, people need yoga, fitness, nutrition, or need the proper guidance to stay committed. We, we definitely know fitness and we know horses and we, and we just thought it was the, a great combination, the culmination of all of that together. 
Very cool. What does your, I mean, because obviously Allie was in Europe and Mari, you were on the West Coast. When you guys were first starting Mind, Body, and Vault, were you that far apart from each other or were, Allie, were you in California at the time? Yeah, when we first started, I was living, we were both living in the Bay Area, actually. So we've both traveled and moved around a bit since then. But we were originally living in the same area. So we were doing all of this kind of together. We'd get together at my house and talk about ideas. And that's where it all started off. And um, Mari, what would you say is like your day-to-day life schedule um, looking like with mind, body, and ball? Like what does a normal day look like for you guys? Yeah. So we both are still very, you know, into what we started out with. Like Allie's very yoga based. I'm kind of a little bit more cross training with dynamic movements and mobility and, sh- and strength and stretching. And, and so we both kind of still have our own personal clients and doing that as well as mixing it also like we both go to barns on the daily basis too. Uh, Allie has her own horses and I train clients, equestrian athletes to be stronger on the ground before they go on their horse. So we still have our, we do that day to day, um, every day. And so we're still kind of on the day to day basis doing that. And then as far as my, like bringing that together as mind body vault, we constantly are putting our heads together and, and figuring out, you know, this mind-body connection and how important it is to work on yourself before and be ready before you even hop on your horse. And that is a, kind of our, our mission um, is to to bring that. I can't. We can't stress that enough and bring that education to really focusing on um, yourself and your mind and your body before you even, sh- you know, so you're ready and you show up for your horse in in a good way. Got it. So I know that you guys have a fitness guide. Is that um, a guide that you offer that is fully online or what, what does that program look like? Yeah, so that is completely online. Uh, we're very proud of the program that we've put together. This is the second iteration of what we've produced. So the first one was a lot of learning about video and audio and all that. And now the current guide has eight videos that are yoga and there's workouts, some are cardio and there's different focal points like core work and upper and lower body, some meditation. So you get the videos. And then what we did was we put all the same exercises together in an ebook. And that's also a digital resource you download once you purchase the program. And that I think is super valuable because it walks you through each exercise. And we went through the do's and don'ts. So things to think about, things to make sure, you know, with alignment, make sure your knees not, you're going to causing any injuries. And then we also explained why we chose each exercise and how it will specifically benefit you as a rider. So we're really making it this tangible thing. Like you can visualize, oh, I'm doing this lunge and I can, I can see how this is going to help me to, for example, have a longer leg in, in the dressage seat, or I can see how this is, these squats are going to help with posting at the trot, for example. So I think that makes it kind of fun. And, and riders have said like in their feedback that that has made it, you know, it's personal, it's for equestrians. It's not just another, you know, workout thing. 
Definitely. And um, I feel like in the past few years, there has been more awareness brought toward the importance of being fit and cross training as an equestrian athlete. Um, I don't know why there was kind of the misconception of, oh, like your ride is your workout and that's all you have to do. When in reality, I know for me, when I was first riding as a professional and I was working under a barn when I was living in Calabasas, um, my boss was 70 years old and he was still riding five horses a day and uh, boxing with a boxing trainer like three times a week. And he kept reiterating to me, he's like, you have to go cross train. You have to go lift. You have to get stronger, go to the gym five, six days a week. And when I finally got myself to do it, it was amazing of the difference that I saw in my riding and my balance and my reaction time, like everything just got so much better. And you wouldn't, I don't know, you wouldn't necessarily think at first that it would make that big of an impact, but it really does. Oh yeah, that's probably why he was still able to ride as a seventy-year-old, like you said as well. That's amazing. It's so cool. So it, I am such a huge fan. I, I'm like a a full-fledged gym rat now. I like (laughs) hate not going to the gym. I hate not getting being active, and it's just because I've seen, I've seen the improvement in my lower leg and my core and my back and my arm, like everything. I mean, it really does help everything. And if you can find a, a situation, you can find, you know, someone or uh, a program like you guys have where it's specific to equestrians. That is so helpful to so many people because I know so many people reach out um, and o- are always asking um, like what I do, uh, what, what other equestrians do. Um, because even though it does seem like, yeah, I mean, anything would do anything, anything would help. There really are certain very, very specific um, muscles and exercises you can do that are, you know, extremely beneficial as equestrians. So I think that that's so cool that you guys have uh, seen that need and um, took the time to create a product and a service that um, equestrians specifically can enjoy. What does your social media presence look like? Are you, do you guys um, share different uh, workout tips or what do you guys do for that? Oh, yeah, I'll take I'll take this one. Yeah, so we do have a website. It's called themindbodyvault.com. And we originally thought it was a cool play on words with the vault also being like this sacred place that holds all of the information. And then of course us as vaulters. Yeah. So themindbodyvault.com. And then on Instagram, we are mind.body.vault and then mindbodyvault on Facebook as well. And You'll, you'll mostly find us on Instagram and Facebook. And there's a few things that we do. We'll probably get more into the FEI and the U.S. equestrian stuff that we've been doing. But that happens a lot on, on Facebook as well. Also, their, their YouTube. And a lot of it is, yes, sharing tips. We, with the FEI, have produced videos that sometimes it's a follow-along workout Sometimes it's tips on exercises that you can do. Our main focus is it's always like out at the barn. So you'll see a lot of us taking, for example, a bucket and a hay bale and using those to replace like your gym weight and bench. So, so cool. it's really, yeah. And I think it's a really fun aesthetic too. It's like you're there at the barn doing this workout. So 
Yeah, that's a lot of, that's what you'll see kind of from our Instagram, just like sharing horsey stuff too on our stories and then just, yeah, mostly sharing fun inspiration about how to stay motivated. We'll do some nutrition stuff as well. So yeah, that's the gist of it. Love it. Yeah, um, because I, I'd love to talk, um, Mari, if you kind of want to cover um, USCF, I, I think that's how I first found you guys, because I do some work with USCF as well as an ambassador. And I saw your your videos. Uh, oh. Tell me a little bit about your involvement with USCF and how that came to be. Yeah, so we actually, we reached out to the US question first, because we thought it would be a great way to kind of get ourselves out there um, and into the equestrian world and, and just get what we're so passionate about in front of people. So they immediately took interest. Thankfully, they, they were so great and just wanting to work with us. And we ended up creating these these exercise videos um, to live on the learnings in the learning center um, on their website. So we created a pre and post ride exercise and stretching routine video. We created a lower body exercise and an upper body exercise video. So we created three videos with them that live now in their learning center that um, anybody can go and turn on and, and follow along with us and do these exercises that are specifically targeted towards equestrian athletes. And then now we've continued our relationship with them by doing um, what we call Monday motivation. So we, anything to do with health and wellness related, we create these fun videos that, that go up on their Instagram stories on their Instagram and they post them up once a month on a Monday. And we have so much fun. We just whether it be talking about, you know, a favorite detox tea that we love or doing a certain exercise or, you know, just trying to motivate people to move. So we were, we were really loving it. I love the learning center. I think it's so cool. And there's so much stuff on there. So I think like anything that you're looking for. So I love that you guys have stuff on there um, with USCF. I think that's so cool. And then I know last time we chatted, um, I know you guys are um, getting ready for some European travel with FEI. Um, Allie, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, exactly. We're really, we're really excited about that. It's coming up quick. So we, um, this, this next coming project is sort of building on what we've done in them with them already in the past. So we have produced a series of videos that, like I was mentioning before, have sort of gone into cross-training and some of it is behind the scenes of vaulting and they've created a health and fitness section of their website, which is all our stuff. So if you're interested in seeing it, it's all on the FEI health and fitness portion of their of their website. And what we're doing now is pretty exciting. I'm not actually sure how much of it the details we're allowed to reveal, but we are going to Germany and France to be filming a series of videos that will be sort of I'm not how much can we say, Mari? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yes. Um we'll keep a lookout. <laughs> yeah. It, that will also, you know, be featured up on their social media. And I guess we can reveal we'll be working with some of the top athletes in those areas and there's potential for for more of that so I feel like that's all that we can say but excited to go film and do all that 
Oh, that's so cool. Well, I am so excited that we got to chat and I'm so excited to kind of see where Mind, Body and Vault started from and where it's going. It seems like you guys have some pretty amazing things in store. But again, I just wanted to thank you guys for taking the time to chat with me so I could learn a little bit more about vaulting and the process and what goes on and learning more about Mind, Body and Vault and um, this amazing uh, program and service that you guys dreamt up and made into a reality. So I just want to thank you for that. Thank you for having us on, Bethany. We really appreciate it and had a great time. Awesome. Well, take care. Have a good one. You too. Hey. What did you think of today's episode? Head over to anywhere where you listen to the Equestrian Podcast and please rate and review and tell me what you thought. I would love to hear your thoughts because I'm curious and it helps people like you find the Equestrian Podcast. It also allows us to find some amazing guests for you to listen to. So, win-win for everyone. Well, that is about all the time we have for today, but make sure you're following us over on Instagram at Equestrian Podcast so that you stay up to date on any news for the podcast. So until next time, I'm Bethany Lee. This is the Equestrian Podcast. Now get out there and enjoy the ride.